I mean, just poof, gone. Like something like that. Where, where did she go? Bad things happen to good people. November 12, 1987. Actor turned politician Ronald Reagan was our 40th president. A married man's one night stand captivated audiences in Fatal Attraction. Tiffany spent two weeks on the Billboard's Hot 100 with her hit, I Think We're Alone Now. And a mom-to-be left her home and abandoned her car in northern Wisconsin and was never seen again. I'm Cassandra Cepeda, and this is Forgotten, Marshall Hansen, Single Mom Missing. In 1987, Brian Schmidt lived in Prentice, Wisconsin. If you haven't heard of it, it's okay. It's a small community in the northern part of the state, basically surrounded by trees. Brian was like a lot of teens. He had just graduated high school and was looking to the future, thinking about that first big job and how he was gonna get it. That winter, a name was splashed on the front page of the newspaper, Marshall Hansen. It was a shocking case that made state headlines and still stumps authorities today. Little did Brian know, he would be leading the charge to find her 36 years later. Uh, applied to the sheriff's office uh, right out of high school. The sheriff said, go get a degree, and that's what I did. Sheriff Brian Schmidt took over as head of the Price County Sheriff's Office in 2009, and today oversees 45 employees in his agency. It's one of the goals I think that all the sheriffs have had at some point is to try to deal with trying to locate Shelley and try to put some closure to this. In November 1987, Marshall Hansen was 23 years old and living in Phillips, which is about 14 miles north of Prentice on Highway 13, population 1600. By all accounts, people describe Shelley as kind and quiet. She lived by herself in an apartment and worked two jobs. She was also a mom-to-be. In early November, Shelly called her mom and brother Robert, who at the time lived in Random Lake, to tell them she was pregnant. A newspaper article by the Sheboygan Press says during that phone call, she told her family how excited she was and even had baby names picked out. But sadly, her family would never get to meet the baby or see Shelly ever again. On November 17th, around 11 o'clock a.m., police got a call from a woman named Alice at the local IGA grocery store. She told police Shelly hadn't shown up for her shift. Later that day, Marshall's car was found in the parking lot of the Lake 10 Resort, roughly 11 miles south of town. In the day, it was a bar, and they would have like little cabins or little places for people at like campgrounds and stuff like on the lake. It wasn't until the 1980s that drinking during pregnancy became taboo in the U.S., so it wasn't a big red flag for me that Shelly would hang out at a bar. There was a couple times from what I'm gathering in the reports that there was she would stop in there, but not on a regular, consistent basis. During my research, I never saw anything about why she was at Lake 10 or if she met anyone or even stepped foot into the bar. In fact, the last day anyone reported seeing Shelly was five days before, on November 12th. At around 8 p.m. that night, Shelly was seen leaving her usual shift at Marequip Incorporated, a manufacturing company in the corrugated paperboard industry. Now, if you look up any of these places today, you'll quickly see a lot has changed. Lake 10 Resort isn't operational, but the original building, parking lot, and boat landing are still there. The IGA is now a pick and save, and Marquip goes by BW Paper Systems. 
So after 36 years, it's no surprise that time has been and continues to be a challenge for this case. I think the specific thoughts of what the people remember from that time frame start to get clouded and maybe certain specific points get lost over time. After Shelley's car was found abandoned, police began their quest to find answers. The sheriff says at first, it wasn't clear if Shelley had disappeared at all. There's some people saying she's gone, where is she? And there was comments about her traveling somewhere else. And so I think at that point, people were, well, is she gone or is she at this location that she had indicated she was going to go to? I know that's a little confusing. Basically, from what I understand, police were told by different people that Shelley may have taken a trip. To where and to see who was never clarified. And to be honest, a lot still isn't. I'd rather not say right now. The sheriff was pretty tight-lipped during our interview when it came to specifics on this case. For example, when Sheriff Schmidt told me they had her car, I thought, bingo. Surely, after 36 years, technology has progressed enough to help crack this case, if they had evidence. But we're still following through with other matters with uh, what we know here, with the evidence we have in the building, and evidence with the car, and with our reports. I wanted to know, what would it take to push the investigation in the right direction? I think that there's some technology that we're looking at, and in particular with the DNA. I think that's always important to resubmit when you have evidence from that time frame. And uh, when I first became sheriff, sitting down with the investigator at the time saying, what can we do different? And then revisiting the evidence that was collected in the 80s and maybe resubmitting that to the crime lab, connecting with the crime lab saying, we've got this, how, do you, how can we best set it up? Uh, reconnecting with the FBI and seeing what resources they have on that type of level with DNA. Because of what he said, I thought maybe there was some sort of physical evidence left behind, specifically blood, semen, hair, or fingerprints. But he wouldn't confirm if the department had any physical DNA that's being held. I had to ask, and he had to say no. It's hard because I think one of the things is you don't want to tip it. You want the public to feel safe. You want them to understand we are doing our jobs, but this is one of those things that is shrouded in a sense that we can't just give everyone, like public records. It's something that has to be protected for the integrity of the investigation for the district attorney, for the courts. Sheriff Schmidt did briefly talk me through their next steps, which included talking to family, friends, ex-boyfriends, and employers. Police also searched her apartment to learn what Shelley's life was like. What they found were typical items. I think it was just the, what would be a normal 80s type 20-something uh, single person. You know, clothes, uh, makeup, hair, products, things of that nature. Several property searches were conducted, including divers in Lake 10. Shelley was never found, though. The sheriff also said there have been several persons of interest over the years and nobody has officially been cleared. But there was and still is one person a lot of people take an interest in, John R. Weber. John was convicted for the torture of his wife and killing his sister-in-law, Carla Lenz. And you know what? Carla disappeared exactly one year prior to the day of Marshall's disappearance on November 12, 1986, in the same town. 
According to the Wisconsin Missing Persons Advocacy, Carla's body was discovered in 1988 in a shallow grave about four miles away from where Marshall lived at the time of her disappearance. The Sheboygan Press said Carla's killing was confirmed on a tape recording found in John's car. It described sickening things, including mutilation, burning, beating, and sexual assault. Luckily, John's wife, Emily, survived the attack and would later testify in court against him and ultimately help put him behind bars. John is currently serving a life sentence at the Green Bay Correctional Institution. Knowing that now, I asked the sheriff if John was ever interviewed in connection to the case. To my understanding, John was interviewed a couple of times. So again, as far as the connections, um, I'd rather not say right now of anything dealing with that from Carla to uh, Shelley. I can only assume that the department doesn't have any direct evidence tying John to Shelley's case right now because he has never been charged with her disappearance. But still, it leaves another big question. If Shelley was pregnant at the time of her disappearance, which the sheriff's office has confirmed, who was the father? Research for the case says she never mentioned who the father was, only that he promised to financially support the child as long as she didn't reveal his name, which sounds pretty sketchy to me. Investigators still say they do not know who the father of Shelly's baby is, but maybe someone listening to this right now does. And that's one of the important things I think in revisiting this is, is there someone that knows something now that time has passed that wants to come forward and at least talk about this with us. Just like with identifying the father of the baby, rumors swirl around a poorly timed fire. After the police cleared Shelly's apartment, police gave her belongings to her brother, Ron, who lived in Park Falls, about 18 miles from Phillips. Just a few days later, a wood-burning stove caught fire in his home, and Shelly's remaining items were destroyed. Some call the timing suspicious, while others chalk it up to bad luck. Coincidence, suspicion. Um, if there was a concern, I think that at the time they would have had the fire marshals involved, they would have been a bigger investigation and stuff like that. And I don't believe there was anything that was, I guess, nefarious. Along that same vein, is it possible Shelley ran away? Maybe nothing suspicious ever happened. Maybe she wanted to raise her baby away from the father. That's hard. That's really one of those hard questions I can't answer because there's, uh, you would love to believe that. I would really love to make sure that she's still around, her, she's angry or whatever for the, the time frame. but I think that's ludicrous of me to think at times too. Has the evidence leaned towards one way or another? I think it's leaned one more towards that she's gone. But to sit here and say that, I'm not gonna say that right now. When you say gone, do you mean like she didn't leave on her own free will or what and do you that's, mean by that? And I think gone meaning like she's passed away, like she's dead. As I was writing the script for this podcast, I came across a quote from Shelley's mom, Joyce, in the Sheboygan Press dated November 12th, 1988, exactly one year after Shelley was last seen. And it really struck me. It was about Shelley's disappearance and its possible connection to Carla Lenz's death. She said, I light candles at the church, and when people ask me what they can do, I tell them to remember Shelley in their prayers. It's a simple request that seems to get more difficult as the years have now turned into decades. 
All Joyce wants is for people to remember her daughter as the sweet, easygoing person she knew. I hope this podcast does just that. It's been 36 years, but Shelly, I promise you have not been forgotten. If you know anything about Marshall's 1987 disappearance from Phillips, Wisconsin, please come forward. No detail or memory is too small. At the time, Shelly was just 23 years old and we have pictures of her at WSAW.com. She was also pregnant. Call the Price County Sheriff's Office at 715-339-3011 with anything you may remember.